Welcome to Pending Final, the podcast about all things visual effects. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of Pending Final, the podcast that covers all things visual effects. I am your host, Shannon, and I am joined by Helen. Hey. Hey, how's it going, Helen? You doing good tonight? The best. Awesome. So... A little background on ourselves. We both work in the film and television industry, predominantly film and visual effects. Um, I've been in it, the industry for about 15 years. Helen is about the same level. So I will hand it over to Helen to kind of give her background info. Hey, I uh, I have been in visual effects for a couple of years now. I've worked on a whole bunch of films that literally nobody liked. So Terminator Genesis, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, Pirates of the Caribbean 5, all those things that did just splendidly at box office. Everyone had great things to say about them. Uh, I have been in visual effects production in all of those things, and I guarantee nobody knows what that is because it's just taking notes and making sure artists do their stuff on time. And I myself have a background in what they call offline editing, where I was a promotional editor for various films like The Jungle Book, uh, also Terminator Genesis, Alien Covenant, just to name a few, and then transitioned into visual effect editing, which would be for The Lion King and the upcoming Dark Crystal Netflix show. So Helen, what is our first topic we are actually going to talk about in this podcast? Like what is what do we want to tell people is the purpose of this podcast? So this podcast is all about things that people didn't even realize they did not know about visual effects. There's so much stuff that happens on your TV screens that no one fully understands and everyone just kind of goes, "Yeah, they they do that with CGI" or "Yeah, that's that's a visual effect." But no one fully understands it. So this podcast is just us telling you things you might be interested in knowing about how that magic ends up on your screen. And also coming from two different points of views from the visual effect industry, one being kind of the production management side and one being the technician technical side. So you also will get uh, different perspectives on various pipelines, including our subject today, which we are going to talk about dailies. Yeah. I uh, I want to tell everyone about dailies. Uh, it's one of the <laughs> words that you're going to hear literally all the time. If you ever start in the visual effects industry, you'll probably hear dailies probably about 200 times on your first day. And it's a noun, it's a verb, it's whatever you want it to be. So you daily your dailies to show them in dailies and you do that daily brilliant <laughs> it's absolute nonsense <laughs> I, I couldn't have said it more perfect myself that's brilliant yeah pretty much um so helen break it down what is the like because we'll go, we'll start with you in terms of the production workflow how how is a general day in production for dailies uh in so for dailies what we do is uh surprisingly every day <laughs> There's a pattern here. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, artists are expected to show their work to a supervisor and get feedback and find out if their work is good enough. It's Visual effects is a creative industry, which means that there's a lot of subjective, I like it more blue or make it faster. And those are probably the simplest things you'll ever hear. But there's an awful lot of supervisors acting out things that they want things to be different which is always fun and 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 how do you communicate that to the artists like do you, is it it's a database is how do you basically those notes that you take in the review sessions and the daily sessions how is that passed on to like the team or things like that 
ideally your artists will be in daily so they will get that information firsthand uh, so what will happen is an artist will uh, do a a daily as you could imagine uh, they will create this uh, a, usually a video file and it will be shown to a supervisor. They'll go into a review room. So a normal company will have a meeting room, which is just, you know, a table in the middle, some chairs around the edge, maybe a projector so someone can show you a PowerPoint. But because visual effects is all about what you're seeing on the screen at the end of the day, most of the sessions are done in these dark little theatres with a screen at the front, uh, a couple of uh, rows of seats, just like you'd have in like a really small cinema. And that's where everyone reviews their work for the day. And then you'll have someone like myself in the background and usually in the back of the room, either running the daily session itself or having helping the supervisors who will, what we sometimes use the term, drive the daily session. And we will also make sure that in, from the editorial's point of view, that the picture is in the proper color space, that it's in the right aspect ratio, frame rate, various things like that. Because, because visual effects, obviously within the title, is very visual, everything needs to be up to spec because I actually worked on a commercial where all of a sudden the projector channel got changed to the wrong color of red and the notes got passed on and all of a sudden we had 12 hours wasted because nobody checked that the cleaner had accidentally knocked the button. And this is why, ladies and gentlemen, do not work a 36-hour day. But <laughs> that is that is something... Yeah. To be fair, we're going to have to go back and do episodes on aspect ratio, color space, <laughs> yes, I red apologize. channels. <laughs> I apologize. I, I threw quite a bit of uh, technical jargon <laughs> right there but uh, uh, yes as, as you can see I, I'm definitely the technical side of this <laughs> <laughs> um, and also I, I'm learning that um, different terminologies mean the same thing depending on what company you are in so one place may say daily one place may say publish some may say submit right now I am currently trying to learn some new jargon and slang at a new company to be like wait wait so putting it online, publishing, submitting, that's three different steps when those those could all be synonyms, you know, for the same thing. So that's the other thing is every company has its own terminology for the same thing. Yep. And you know what? Just from working in the same place that you have, I fully know exactly what each of those things mean. Oh. <laughs> is that well, not tragic? <laughs> no, that's not tragic. Maybe post-podcast you can kind of help me out because I'm really shotgun, uh, which maybe you can kind of explain shotgun. what shotgun is. Um, is kind of kicking my butt right now. <laughs> not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will definitely happily do an entirely separate episode about... Uh, <clears throat> like tracking software and stuff like that because there's shotgun there's pf track there's uh people use google docs i'm not even joking there are legitimate companies out there that just use google spreadsheets uh i used i used a google spreadsheet for my horrible little indie film um that was 1500 shots in an excel fake google doc thing oh i literally just got anxiety thinking about that <laughs> um i think also it's it's quite interesting going from a going to more the visual effect editor side um i've recently transitioned from one company to another uh which is again the visual effect industry especially in london is a very small community so you'll have people like helen and myself jump from company to company to company and we may not even be at the company at the same time but somehow we have all done our time at various places and it does not mean that those places are bad it's just that is the nature and the belly of the beast that 
that kind of happens. So that being said, I'm also seeing even in my own position that different responsibilities and roles, especially regarding dailies, is one of those things. For example, at my previous employee, the supervisors would drive the sessions. And like I said, we'd be almost more of a support. Or if we were having client calls, we would be making sure that all the signals are looking properly and everything is up to spec. Whereas now at my new employment, I'm actually driving it where it's like, they will tell me to toggle back, to go forward, to play this shot, to loop it. And I will be given like a playlist and everything where things like that would Helen would do at the other place in the front of the room and kind of go, okay, we're on this reel showing this scene. Uh, these are the notes from the artist. And then would be frantically writing down the feedback. I'm now sitting in the back going, okay, you've said your sub note going, go. And so it, it's quite fascinating that every place is different, even in things that you wouldn't think you'd think, Oh, editorial straight across the board. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. And there's more this new place. I need to do more documentation, more cut range, comp range, which is another glossary term. Uh, I almost feel like we should have kind of like, here's your required reading at the end of the show. Uh, These are your terms. The required reading is the VES handbook. Oh, no. That's the required reading. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not seen this, this book is like the Bible. It's It's a brick. (laughs) It is. Like, I I could hold it open to keep my front door open. Like, it just... But I think it's every spec. It's not... It's like policies. Like, yeah, it's it's a... Yeah, it's a thing. Google it. VES stands for Visual Effects Society. It's a big thing. But, um, yeah, so it's very interesting. So... You really have to be adaptable in the visual effect industry because everything is changing and most companies write their own softwares. So once again, you also have a different software that runs dailies. I um, I do wonder about the supervisors who go from one company to another sometimes because I know that at your company, they will sit at the front and go, could you just toggle between this and the previous daily? And in the company that I'm currently at, they will do it themselves. They will organize that all themselves. They can do whatever they want. And editorial are like never to be seen. And it's really interesting to know that like at your company, like dailies are just the most (laughs) organized thing ever. Production run dailies in different ways, depending on the facility that you're in. Um, In some places they will just go, here's a playlist, review it. Um, in others they are very much like we have half an hour there are 30 things to review that's a minute per item we need to go 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 approve it approve it approve it and to be honest that could just be like show to show or supervisor to supervisor because some supervisors can talk forever and some are quite happy for you to just like power through it like some supervisors really want you to to run that session and just be like I don't care if you're having a conversation right now just review it. Is this a yes or a no? Uh, we I've had that on a show where like the supervisor has turned to me at the beginning and been like, so how many things do we have? 60. Okay, how long have we got? 45 minutes. And he just goes, okay, so just read out the shot. I'll bring it up and it'll just be a yes or a no. And those are the best sessions because you get so much done. But also very much not the norm because I've also had sessions where supervisors have gone, ah, we have 10 things to go through in half an hour. Let's look at the first thing and talk for half an hour. <laughs> Uh, so yeah it just entirely depends on the show where you're at with it because some shows you start off and it's like oh we've got 
you know, a year and a half to delivery. We can take our time. And then there's the ones where delivery is in two weeks. We've got to go. Uh, and it, yeah, it all completely depends. So what happens, because I'm, I'm thinking from a viewer perspective. So what happens after the daily session? Like we, we've talked about what a daily is, you know, the process. It can be used as an adjective to this or, you know, an adverb. But after, yeah, um, after a session, how does it kind of, what's the outcome of these daily sessions? So in an ideal world, um, an artist will be working on a shot. They'll take it to dailies. The supervisor will give feedback. The production team will take notes and send those out so that everybody's got them. Hang on. Then the artist will go back to their desk, address those notes, come back the next day, show that daily of the, the improved shot. Approved. Final. Get it on board. Next, next department. Um, obviously, that's the ideal situation. Uh, quite often it's Daily, no. Daily, no. Daily, no. For weeks on end. <laughs> There's a whole pipeline in visual effects, um, which it will differ slightly depending on the um, facility you're in, but it generally goes uh, shot layout, animation, simulation, lighting, compositing pretty much what it boils down to there's obviously lots of different like offshoots and things go back and go round and there are things that get skipped in some cases but generally that's your order so you want things to go all the way through that pipeline nice and smoothly and to really sum it up that's pretty much dailies in a nutshell yeah that's it and approved final yeah approved final ding which ding. I guess we, we should give the background on the ding. There's a superstition. I, I don't know if it's in a production environment. It is definitely in a post-production environment. You never use the word final. It's just, you never see it fail. <laughs> what, Helen's laughing because it's true. <laughs> I um, I like to just say approved. Yes. It's, it's one of those, you just, you never want to use the word final. And there was someone that we knew mutually that anytime something was approved, they didn't actually say Final. Final. They hit a little bell, a little um, hotel-like bell. So ding, and that's the cue for everybody in the room to know that it had been approved. And so it was no longer pending final; that it was approved final. And yeah, and it's such a pleasing sound. Yeah, it's it's something that, especially like Helen described earlier, you could get thousands of versions. I think I've, I've I think the highest version I've ever seen on a shot. Helen knows which one I'm talking about. I think we're at like two thousand nine hundred and seventy five versions. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> so to hear that ding is just kind of a <sighs> a nice yeah. release. So yeah, especially when some of these things can go on for over a year. And to see it from beginning to completion, and then there's that ding at the end. It's nice. It's a nice little heavenly. Ah, right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, that we will, we will, <laughs> we will. Please, call... please put a quiet thing in there, shall <laughs> Oh, I will. <laughs> so something else I really wanted to do on this podcast was to talk about films that have been out recently, and especially if they're visual effects films or even things that aren't that visual effects heavy. Um, so I saw at the weekend Glass. Um, it is, I'm sure everyone knows, a film from M. Night Shyamalan. 
Uh, it's not a big visual effects movie, and I have many opinions about the actual film itself. Uh, there was a little bit of um, visual effects in there from Powerhouse VFX, who did A Quiet Place and Mother, if anyone remembers those two. Oh, um, I do. So there's not, not a huge amount of um, big special effects work, but the stuff they do is subtle and really good quality. It's a, it's a really solid movie, and I think an awful lot of the work, it looks like it was 2D work rather than big, giant CG Thanos walking around, as you may have seen and will continue to see. Um, but it's, it's some really sort of solid work from them. It's also uh, produced by Blumhouse, who do an awful lot of horror movies, so they're really good at these uh, subtle, unsettling things. <laughs> oh, well, th- going back to, you were talking about Mother... Oh, not mother. I'm sorry. I was thinking of uh, a quiet place. <laughs> no, no. What was the no? What was the other one? You said they did quiet place and something else. A quiet place and mother. Oh, I was thinking mama. Sorry, no. sorry, guys. I failed. Major failed there because I was talking about where like the creature crawls down the wall. That's very unsettling, but that's not that company. So never mind. <laughs> right. Wow. Okay. That that was brilliant. I'm yeah. I'm gonna just yeah. I will propose a cu- a question. Do you feel that because films like Glass, or if they don't do well in the box office, the visual effects that can be quite well done, especially with the kind of less is more, is not recognized and people just think, oh, it's a shit film, so it's going to be shit visual effects and things like that? Do you feel that sometimes happens to films? I find it's the opposite. I think that if you've got a big budget film with big budget visual effects and the visual effects are bad, that is often blasted far more than a low-budget film with low-budget visual effects, which is poor. Because Glass has its problems, and most of them are story and writing-based. Mm. Um, it's absolutely amazing up until like the last half an hour, 20 minutes, when essentially the rest of the film might not have ha- might as well have not have happened, because it just what happens is so frustrating. Mm. Um... But all the work that's gone into it, that doesn't stop that from being great. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we look at something like, I'm going to have to say it, Fantastic Four, <laughs> the new one, Fantastic, oh. um, that was big budget, that was uh, expensive looking visual effects, but poorly executed, and it was brought up quite a lot. I know that a lot of films, they say, oh, the CGI is really obvious when it's spaceships. You know, because of all those real spaceships they could be using in their place. Yes, this is this is something I think a few people, and like, I know people kind of said that about the xenomorph in Alien Covenant. That was like, oh, it looks, un- it doesn't look real or things. When we don't have a real world thing to base it on, of course it's going to be quite difficult to establish what's real and what's not. See, that's funny because at least the xenomorph had a physical version of it at one point uh, um where so you've got the original alien movie you had guy in a suit and it was very physic, very clearly physically present yes um i think there's a lot of times when um i'm thinking about wolverine origins uh there is a shot of him with his claws out and he is holding them out in front of his face in front of the mirror and it looks like they're about to pass through him because you can't work out where they sit in the world. And it's just, I don't know if it's the, the compositing that was wrong or it, the it, lighting. It, yeah. it was just, it just looked 
bad and it wasn't anything to do with how expensive the visual effects were it was to do with how they were executed yes because i, I know exactly what shot you're talking about because i remember <laughs> i remember sitting in the cinema and this was before i had a trained eye that going it almost it felt like it had a couple different passes missing yep. It was like it was just a beauty pass. It didn't have the shadows, and and this will this is also something, guys. We will get into in other episodes is some of these terminologies we're using that in terms of like comp and everything. But um, it it was missing like various passes. So yeah, it, it didn't have that sense of realism yeah. blended in, or it's the great. Sometimes they put a color grade on it to make the visual effects seem seamless, like they're supposed to be there. But um, yeah, no, I I know exactly what. Um, I'm actually wondering if if we go back to it, see if it's got any grain on it. I don't think it does because that could be it. It could be that there's no grain on those on those oh. claws. Yeah, and that's what's making it pop out. Yeah, to be but fair, yeah. they, they they fucked up Deadpool in that. I mean, how do you make hey, the no, mark with right. a mouth not like have any any speaking? Like, come on! But they did have a naked uh, Hugh Jackman. I was very happy with that. I was like, okay, I'll I'll take that. But yes. Yeah, I can um I can quite happily sit and talk about most visual effects heavy films for a long time just on a technical level. Yeah. And I and there I feel there are other people that can as well and I'm hoping that they will be interested in this podcast because there will be people who are interested in these kind of things and want to know a bit more of an insider's view and a better view from a production side and a artist perspective as well because then I feel like we've practically covered most bases maybe not but you know what i mean um yeah do you think that also comes down to the super to the supervisors and their detail because they're the ones at the end of the day that are approving i it depends on the show mm. um because there are some supervisors who will quite happily there are some supervisors who are very aware of how much things cost mm. and will be like okay I have a time frame. I like. I, we need to get this done in a couple of weeks. And there are some who are like, God, I want this to be perfect. And the ones who really want it to be perfect are the, sometimes the hardest ones to work with because they won't let anything be approved. Mm. Yeah, it's you. You reach a point where you're like, we need this approved, otherwise we cannot finish the film. Actually, on that note, I really want you to re-edit Glass <laughs> because I feel like there are. A couple of moments there that they could have like can i just yes spoil it please yeah okay at the end of the film essentially all the superpowered people die oh <laughs> and the woman who was supposed to be like convincing them that they weren't actually superpowered was actually like from a government conspiracy thing where they make people who have superpowers believe they don't and if they can't do that then they kill them mm. because they believe that no there should be no god it's lex luther oh okay um, and there are, it's so freaking right. <laughs> this is me about Venom again. M. Night Shyamalan, obviously, he's not a very good writer of scripts, in my opinion. There's freaking giant chunks of this script where he's just going, in a limited series of comic books... There is a beginning, a middle, and, a, and like it's just it's just exposition that you don't care about. Mm. At one point, one character goes into a comic book shop and goes, "What was the first superhero?" Like, no one, shut up, no. And at the end of it, um, Mister Glass says, "Oh, this isn't a limited series; it's an origin story." 
And me and my husband were just going, oh my God, that's actually really exciting because maybe the other three people. So during the film, you've got um, Mr. Glass and his mum, David Dunn, like the unbreakable guy, and his son, and um, James McAvoy, the beast or the horde, and the girl that he let go in in Split. And this whole film could have been salvaged if one of those three developed some sort of superpower or had some sort of inkling of something going on but there's nothing there's just nothing and i get it it's a twist nothing happens wow m night Shyamalan did another twist but i don't know it was disappointing it was like but the funny thing is he's done it so much like there's even the tv show robot chicken on yeah. they, they make a joke out of it with like but there's a twist and yeah. that's exactly what's happened like it almost would have been better that would have been the biggest twist if there is no twist like yeah because i mean like the twist could have just been oh no she was a government lady all along oh. which everyone kind of guessed because of course the woman telling them they don't have superpowers is going to be the bad guy yeah that's not surprising yeah but also like the twist could just be that m night Shyamalan wrote a good movie for once <laughs> Well, yeah, but... Like, since Sixth Sense, he's never done a good one. No. I mean, I didn't mind Signs. Signs wasn't bad. Split was saved literally by the fact that James McAvoy is an astonishing actor. Yeah, he's amazing. Like, Um, he carried that movie. Oh, my God. Like, I, I don't even know how he does that. Like, he is changing how he's... He's changing his entire physicality. Yes, exactly. That, for 24 characters. That's a theater actor right there for you because you... He's amazing. You have to get in that headspace and again into theater acting because you are on stage and people only see that like 2D projection of you basically. Yeah. I mean, I guess film is 2D as well, but what I mean is <laughs> but what you, you're not able to cut away. So yeah. you have to. And I'm like, when I had my... Because I came from obviously a theater, not obviously, but from a acting background, you know, you had to get in the thoughts and most theater training yeah. is uh stanislavski so you have to think why am i walking this way who am i no again that's hard enough for some people to do a character to do 24 i mean give that man a fucking oscar i mean maybe not for that film but it's gonna happen you watch yeah, like he's he's just ridiculous yeah. and what i loved so much about that film was we went in and there was definitely some people behind us who had never seen split because at the beginning of that of um of glass James McAvoy walks in, full dress, as Patricia. And the guys behind us just went, what the fuck, what the fuck? And I just thought, yes, this is the best movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's the reaction that I wanted. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're just kind of like, hang on. (laughs) But yeah, he just like, it's... on When you think about it, it's ridiculous. Mm. Like, the entire concept, like, oh, just, you know, just, just just play 24 characters. I didn't realize Just it, do that. I didn't. Pardon me. I didn't realize it was twenty four. I thought it was like six, and that would have been a feat in itself. But yeah, twenty four. Yeah, it's crazy. And yeah, the fact that you can tell them all apart, like literally just the way that he either straightens up or holds his hands or just the freaking look in his eyes. Yeah, sometimes it's just like, just... oh, cool. That that's that's Hedwig. Oh, that's Patricia. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that there he is. Like. It's crazy. Yeah. It's funny. Anyway, I, I have opinions. No, that's fine. And it's funny. I, I'm, now I'm going to deep dive slightly into my other fascination, which is like psychology and things. Um, the other thing is that uh, multiple personality disorder and schizophrenia are not the same thing. They are not to be used interchangeably. So I had an opinion about this, like when Split came out and all the trailers were like, 
Herdberg, he has multiple personalities. And I was just like, oh great, another movie where the mentally ill are characterised as monsters. And then you're like, oh no, wait, it's actually a movie about a monster and they think it's multiple personalities. <laughs> like, yeah. it's actually the opposite way around. <laughs> there's the twist. <laughs> yeah, there's the twist. But um, yeah, no, I, I know there was some people that were saying that. And, and I, I definitely get where they're coming from. So... Oh yeah, but it's one of those. I always take things though with kind of like a pinch of salt yeah. and just yeah. But no, I actually haven't seen Split, but I've seen scenes from it. Split is on Netflix bits. right now, so watch it. I know, I know. I have no excuse. I should watch it on the train. So that pretty much wraps it up. Um, thank you for having a listen to us. If you want to chat to us and give us some feedback or would like to even just reach out and say hello, we're on a couple different social medias. So we are at Pending Final at Twitter or we are at Pending Final Podcast on Instagram. We'll start trying to post some behind-the-scenes photos and just keep updates. I'll be showing kind of the post-production process and just keeping you updated there. And um, yes, also, if you just want to get in contact, we're Pending Final at gmail.com uh, yeah so if you've got any um, other experiences that you've had in the industry if you want to like call us out and tell us that we've talked about animation incorrectly because you're an animator and you know better than us please feel free to we are happy to, to talk um, and also if you can rate, review and subscribe on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting platform is it will do wonders for this beautiful little podcast thank you very much and see you guys next time bye bye